I think that a no is, is good. Getting a no is essential for getting a proper yes. Not everyone needs to be your client. And this is something that took me a long time to realize, you know, it's actually better that I would say no to clients <laughs> than, for, than me approaching small time clients, trying to sell them something that is beyond what they can comprehend. Welcome to episode five of season six of Live in the Feast. I'm Jason, aka Rez, helping you grow your business by having a conversation with someone who's been there, had success, and built a business designed around the life they want to live. That's Live in the Feast. If this is your first time listening, hit that subscribe button so that you will get notified every time a brand new episode drops. Obviously, Live in the Feast is in your podcast app of choice, if you're listening right now, if you've heard this show before, leave us a review on iTunes or drop us a comment in Breaker or CastBox if that's an app that you're using. Today's co-host is Vito Peleg. Vito learned how to run a business while he was on tour with his band, filling up arenas of fans from the back of his van. Yep. He lived the rock star lifestyle, but Vito has since built a business, built an agency in fact, and as a result of solving his own agency's needs to be able to communicate with his clients in a way that his clients wanted to communicate with him, he was able to build, sell, and launch a product that's turning his agency into a product company. In this episode, we dive into the mindset of pricing and how powerful that can be, not just for yourself, but for your client as well. We also talk about the importance of understanding your client and how important your service is to them and not to assume that what you're selling is what they ultimately want. And we'll also break down how you see your end goal and then break that down into a price for your services and products. I thoroughly enjoyed this chat with Vito. You could tell that he's a genuine person and ready to help. I'm so glad to consider him my friend. Vito offered a coupon code for you, ResRocks, for his product, WP Feedback. Head on over to WPFeedback.co to redeem that. It's 10% off. It's an amazing product. If you're an agency owner, your designer, your developer, you're anybody that's working with clients where you need feedback from a website, take it from me. This is the product that you're going to want to check out and use for your business. It's going to save you a boatload of time. It's going to save you a boatload of back and forth emails, and it's going to save you a boatload of frustration. Head on over to wpfeedback.co and use the coupon code RESROCKS for 10% off. Now, let's just head in and dive in. I know you're gonna love this rock star, so let's do it. Hey, Feasters, welcome to another episode of Live in the Feast. And today I'm super excited to be bringing to you Vito Peleg. Welcome, Vito. Hi, how are you doing, Jason? I'm doing great. Uh, I know that we had some communication back and forth, timing of things, so I'm, I'm really excited to actually square that up and have you on the show. Um, Vito, uh, I, I know your background. 
you basically started as a musician building websites, <laughs> right? And I, lo I, I love that. Um, and we'll get into that. Um, but for you that are listening, the reason why I think Vito has a unique insight into this is, is that he's had a couple of transitions. One, he was a musician, then he did services work, and now he's got a product called WP Feedback, which is essentially a plugin that allows you to get feedback from designs, functionality, from your clients real time in the ecosystem of the website. Um, so now, I mean, as far as pricing goes, I mean, he's run the gamut, right? Like gigs doing mu music, his band traveling, all that stuff, then providing services work, and now he has a product. So I wanted to ha bring him onto the show to talk a little bit more about pricing and his journey and unfold that a little bit more. Um, Vito, first of all, how long did you tour with your band and what kind of music was it? Right. So I actually have been a musician since I was uh, 14 years old. And that's pretty much the same time when I was I actually built my first website, which was for a skateboarding crew that I had uh, back in the day uh, on GeoCities, if you remember. That, yep, uh, yep. I had a GeoCities <laughs> site. <laughs> so that was a kind of the first, first introduction to uh, HTML and uh, understanding all of these kind of things. And, and I, I kept doing this mostly to promote the stuff I was doing for music. So I learned Photoshop to create flyers and to create official uh, designs. And uh, I learned how to, to edit videos and to do all of this kind of stuff to for the band, but I'm now it's uh, it's uh, really valuable for me. Uh, recording and uh, sales, like sales, uh, you know, uh, creating relationships and building partnerships with uh, 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 with uh, record companies, booking booking agencies, uh, venues, other bands, all of these kind of stuff. That was kind of the uh, my school, if you will. Right. Uh, and uh, and after a few years, and well, while I was uh, while we were playing, and you know, just trying to make it uh, back home, and and it was really really tough because the style was like we're we're doing like niche rock and roll kind of music, like ACDC vibe to it. Awesome, nice, nice. Uh, and uh, and no one really cared <laughs> except for us. Uh, so that was a that that was an uphill battle uh, to to get people to kind of like come on board, which was a, a huge kind of influence on the way that I uh, I did everything else afterwards because. You know, if you're trying to sell something to people that don't want to buy it, uh, when you have good product market fit, then everything is just magical. You know, you feel like you you made it. Sure. And uh, and that kind of also this um, this passion of uh, of running after that dream and making sure that it's gonna happen, working for years for free, uh, and uh, and you know you know how that's like. Mm -hmm. uh, um, but also not only working for free for myself, but trying to get a team of like we had, we were four guys and everyone was wor were working for free uh, and I had to keep them motivated and keep everything, uh, you know, kind of running smoothly uh, to make sure that it works well. Um, and then after a few years, we started, um, we kind of like said, all right, let's just rebrand the whole thing. Let's create like a new band, same guys, uh, but uh, let's try and approach like the international market. Um, and so that's when I really dove in and I, I read like, every marketing book that I could find back then. Back then, I literally, I went to a bookstore and bought all the books about marketing from the shelf. 
and I did some like a training on, on a business consultancy and all this kind of stuff to understand how to make it happen, uh, mostly for the band. That was the uh, initial objective. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when we took all of that and we placed it, we created the product, we created an album that is, uh, is done right. So it's not just done. It, it was still the same style and what we loved in our art, but we already knew who the target audience is. Uh, we knew how to approach them even before we created the product which was the album. And so within the first 30 days of just putting it online, uh, we got signed here in the UK. And uh, that allowed us, the entire band, to move here to the UK and start touring uh, the world. Nice. And, and we did like, uh, you know, when we first came here, again, we started from scratch. It was like, you know, 10 people at a show, then a few dozens, then uh, hundreds, then thousands. And then the band broke up. <laughs> oh, jeez! <laughs> I mean, that that's so awesome. I mean, yeah, as I love music. I mean, Led Zeppelin is my favorite band yeah. of all time. Um, awesome. And so, you know, to hear that you, at least the initial was, you know, more of the classic rock feel kind of genre. I mean, that, yeah. that hits home. I mean, I'm into heavy metal, uh, a lot of hard stuff. You would have loved our band. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, right now, like, I mean, my wife, like, it, it's funny when my wife and I started dating, me and a bunch of my friends, we went to a metal concert, local metal concert at a club here. And, yeah. you know, it was between the berry to me. So it's, it's a band that's very, very hard. A lot of screaming musically wise, like, I mean, outstanding. Right. And right. so it's a band that I love. And, you know, she's like, I guess she just wanted to impress sort of thing. She's like, <laughs> and she's not into that at all. Right. <laughs> and uh, she's like, I asked her just because, you know, I was being a nice guy. I was like, do you want to go? I'll get you a ticket. She's like, sure. I'm like, are you sure? I'm like, you've heard the kind of music that I, in the car, like what I listen to, that's going to be that live. <laughs> and she went and I'm like, it's funny. Even now to this day, she's like, I should have just let you go by yourself. Like when we talk about that story, but. Um, well, my, with my, my wife is actually a lot more hardcore when it comes to the, to her metal. Like I like the, like, like you, like the, the Zeppelin stuff, the old school beats, you know, and uh, melodic, more melodic mm-hmm. kind of uh, rock and roll. Uh, but she's into Pantera and Machine Head nice. and these kind of things. So, uh, so now um, uh, it's kind of the opposite from what from where you're standing. She's telling me, "Do you want to go see uh, a Rise Against?" And I'm like, "I don't yeah. know, man." Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'll go. <laughs> uh, awesome. But it, what, what's kind of cool is like you know, obviously I followed you know bands and heard their stories and all of that stuff. But you took that. I'm interested to hear. Like you took that from like a business perspective, like it wasn't yes. working. I went to the bookstore, got some marketing knowledge from that and then repurposed that and rebranded your band essentially. Yes. What, what made you do that? Go that route instead of just saying, you know what, this isn't working. Let's break up. Right. So first of all, it wasn't kind of a, a it wasn't in my, in my game to break up or give up on these things. I, I really wanted to make it happen. Uh, so that was the kind of mo- the biggest driver of, uh, of, uh, of me wanting to acquire knowledge to make it happen. Um, but more than that, you know, um, really early on, I realized as we were starting to play and we got, uh, you know, we were screwed a few times by uh, venue owners and, uh, uh, and uh, all kinds of like, um, uh, you know, fake managers and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I realized that I need to take care of this thing. 
and it's a business, you know, it's a, like, it's the show business, you know, like it's, that's the, there's a term to it. And, uh, and I really kind of started when I was even in high school, I already knew that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a musician. So I started reading these kind of books about, uh, um, and, and I realized that it's hard, that it's really, really hard to make it. Actually, there is a, the chance of owning a home as a musician is 0.0001%. Oh, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, so I, I, I tried to look at this from a different angle and I read, you know, all of these kind of uh, uh, think and grow rich and uh, rich dad, poor dad, and all of these things uh, that were kind of um, bestsellers at the time. Mm-hmm. And that really changed my mindset about this whole thing. Uh, so music was still the craft, but it needs to be driven. It needs to be pushed forward. And, uh, and this is something that I still think about. And this, I think that without this knowledge, the, the stuff that we're doing for clients and within my agency and within my own stuff, the, my own businesses, nothing would have happened to that same uh, speed, you know, because uh, basically instead of just being a musician for 10 years and then starting to learn how to run a business, I was always doing that even uh, while, uh, you know, sweating and jumping on stage. Right, right, yeah. My tongue out. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So what's the name of the band? I was called Chase the Ace. Chase the Ace. Yeah, it's actually still on Spotify, uh, still on YouTube. There's all the videos there on YouTube and stuff. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I'll have to go check it out. Uh, So fast forward, you know, obviously several years, you're doing services work, right? And... What you told me anyway was the first year of services work, right? You did it out of the back of a van, so to speak, right? Um, Literally. Yeah. But yet you were successful at it. Like, how did you, how did you, I mean, to dive deep into the pricing aspect of it, right? Like, and you, you talked about working for free and things of that nature, but when you were working out of the van initially, how did you know how to price what you were providing to those clients? So uh, like the entire subject of this conversation is about the pricing and I can actually summarize this uh, pretty well, <laughs> you know, it's going to ruin the, the rest of the show, but I'll, <laughs> I'll try to summarize this in one sentence. Pricing is mindset. It's nothing more than that. If you believe that you earn, that you should earn what you, what you're asking, then people will pay that. And uh, that's kind of, has been my experience with this forever. So whenever, when I started building websites, I didn't really believe I can make more than $500 for a project. And so that's what I was paid. Mm-hmm. Um, but when someone paid me $500, I was like, okay, maybe I can ask for $750. And maybe then I can ask for $1,000 and $1,500 and $2,000 and $3,000 and $10,000. And that's kind of like how it, uh, it expanded based on my ability to ask for what I think I deserve. So at the beginning, like the idea was just to make some, because we were still touring, the band was working, but uh, no money still. <laughs> uh, so, so I had to do something, uh, you know, to, to sustain myself and thinking of the future and so on. So I, I did start, like uh, I reached out to some people that already seen the stuff that I've done with the band and they liked the promotions that I've been doing and, uh, and, and the website that I built for us. And I just offer them, you know, how about we do like this photographer and you know, really random basic websites that we all start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and they were like, yeah, sure, let's do it. You know, it wasn't much for them. So we did it. And then uh, I, once I had just a few um, uh, pieces of work to showcase, um, that's when I started looking at this in a more serious manner. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and again, went to do the research. Uh, I, I checked out what other um, what other web designers are doing, 
And because I was already looking at myself as London-based, uh, even though we were touring the world, most of the clients I was kind of aiming at, uh, at the UK and London here. And, uh, and I, so I called up a bunch of other agencies and I told them I want a website uh, to see how much they're charging, uh, which really blew my mind because I didn't think that these are the numbers that uh, people are talking in, you know. Um, but, but then you kind of, the more you speak to people, you just start feeling comfortable asking for it and you stop stuttering when you say right. the number, you know. And, uh, and that's when, you know, people just start giving you what you ask. Uh, and I was doing just one website at a time just to sustain myself. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't really a scalable thing or I wasn't even thinking about scaling because how would you manage the, manage a team when every time you need Wi-Fi, you need to stop next to a McDonald's on the road, you know? <laughs> right. I couldn't agree more with what Vito is saying about mindset. And yes, it may seem a bit woo-woo or fluff, and that's not what I'm about. But I've experienced this firsthand. Real quick story, and I'll actually elaborate more on this in a minute, but when I was doing websites on the side, I too was only charging a few hundred dollars. Until I worked for an agency charging tens of thousands of dollars for a simple 10 to 15 page static website. It blew my mind. But that's when I realized that price isn't based on the skills. It was based on the problem that was being solved for the individual client and the belief in knowing that this was providing that value. It's why when you are on platforms like Upwork, it's a complete race to the bottom and you are being compared to everyone else completely on price. If you are serious about not competing on price and having clients that respect you and your expertise and pay you what you're worth, head over to feastcourse.com today. And if you use the code mindset, you'll get your first month for only $20. As a member of Feast, you're going to get the processes and templates to not only figure out who your ideal client is and the services that you can provide for them, but you're also going to figure out the exact price to put on those services that makes it a complete no-brainer for the client. Feast is the community and resource hub for developers and designers ready to get off the project searching hamster wheel and actually run the business that they set out to build. Feast helps position you in the market with what you do, who you help, and helps you build the processes and systems for client management, sales and marketing, delivery, and obviously pricing. Your business isn't the same as everyone else's. When you are a member of Feast, you get personalized guidance from myself. It's essential for me to meet you where you are and make sure that you are getting the exact tools so that you don't get lost in the shuffle. The moment you sign up, we'll have a chat so that I can create a custom syllabus of resources within Feast to meet you where you are and get you those quick wins. If you want to stop chasing down that next project all the time so that you can start living your life, go to FeastCourse.com dot com today and use the code mindset at checkout and get your first month for only twenty dollars yeah no i i think that's that's smart it definitely is a mindset thing but i think it's also a validation like the validation of somebody paying you what you're asking for helps that mindset and that confidence to then go ahead and turn that back around the next time and say, hey, 500,000, 
10,000. Um, and I think a I lot agree. of people have, people struggle with that, right? Like people, yes. people seem to like, you know, like who am I to ask these numbers? And like yourself, like you called up agencies to find out what they were charging. For me, when I was doing the side hustle thing and building websites, much much like what you're you're describing, photographers and yeah. local businesses and that sort of thing, I was working for agencies. Right. And when I would see these contracts come across my desk, I'm like, holy $30,000 for what are they getting here? <laughs> A five-page website? Like, how is this possible, right? And it just, it was one of those things where it was like, it was like a switch for me. It was like, hey, if these people are delivering this for this amount, I know I can add more value. And if I can do it for half the price, I mean, it puts, positions me as a no-brainer for the potential client. I agree. And, and, and it's just that. It's just the mindset. It's just like the, uh, how far are you um, able to push your comfort zone when talking, when you're doing these sales calls and, and creating these proposals. Uh, but to be honest, you always need to add more because, uh, you know, whatever you think is possible is not uh, as big as it can be. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I even have a, this, uh, like a, a, the bass player from the band. Now he does videos and he does like a after effect kind of stuff, you know, explainer videos and such. And uh, he asked me about this exact question, like, uh, how do I price it? What do I, how do I charge the, uh, uh, for my services? So I asked him, how much are you charging right now? He said they're 150 pounds a day. I told him, okay, charge 300. And he said, okay. Uh, he thought that that's what, and after a, a few months later, that's what happened. He, he just started saying 300 and people paid him 300. Doubled his pricing in, a, in an instant. Uh, and then he came back to me and he asked me like, how did you know that that's going to work? And I told him, I just made it up. But you believed it. And that's what matters, you know, mm. because you believe that you're worth 300 because you trusted me so much, then it worked. And so, and so I told him now that you know the trick, let's make it 450. And now that's what he's charging. Mm. So, okay. So, I mean, obviously there's, there's that mindset there. I mean, I would love to say, you know, with my next consulting client, a hundred grand, right? Yeah. Why not? You know, Russell, Russell Benson takes uh, takes a one million. Right. But at the same time, they have to see that value just because I believe it. They don't, you know, it, the price has to reflect the value that I'm turning around. Right. So like, obviously, if I'm going to charge one hundred thousand dollars in my mind, that should be 10 percent of the value that comes back. Right. So. Right. So they should be able to make a million dollars off of the value that they've gotten from me. Um, do you factor that in when you think of like you mentioned, you have to continuously continuously add value? Yes. With regard to your services and get into the product here in a second. But with regard to the services, how do you factor that in? Like I think of it as a 10 percent. You know, I want what they pay me as a ten percent yes. of what their ROI is. Do you do you factor any of that stuff in? Um, not to that degree. I would say that uh, that they, it kind of sorts itself out because uh, the clients that don't see the value in what price I offer to them will just not go for it. And it's just the way. And again, it's not because of the, the I'm going to create a different product for different people. It's because uh, uh, their business and their, uh, you know, glass ceiling is stopping them from seeing what can be achieved. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter if I believe that the value of this is a million dollars. If the client can't see that, then they're just going to think it's expensive. 
Um, so, uh, so the, the, the idea is then, and this happens over time as you kind of, uh, as you start, let's say, insisting on the prices that you think you should be getting, you're just going to clean up all of these small clients. I, I, I want to, I want to do right. the, the same client that I did, uh, you know, uh, five years ago, uh, the same photographer that could afford only 500 because he was doing it on the side. That was the value for him. You know, right, right. Um, but if you go and you're working with like a big charities, or you're working with uh, um, with like real estate companies, or you're working with with uh, a, with app uh, with app comp, uh, app startups that need a platform to sell the app on the web, you know, and they see the value in uh, uh, they see how this is not a website. This is a marketing platform, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and when you factor this in as a as a marketing platform, then the sky's the limit. You know, when it comes to marketing, it depends on how much a product market fit and uh, how much you have uh, in your budget to spend to scale this up. That will determine the value of how much the website was worth. Um, so basically, the the idea is that if you price yourself or position yourself uh, um, a, in a higher ticket, uh, you're going to attract the clients that can afford it. Mm-hmm. It might not happen instantly, probably not going to happen instantly. Um, but, uh, but after a while, that's what's going to happen. Cause the people that, that said no, still have that in their mind of like, why did this guy ask for 7,000 for the website? Um, you know, but maybe there's something there, you know, <laughs> they, all, they start justifying this to themselves. Sure. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of the game. I, I'm not really calculating it into percentage because it's so different. I, I don't know what's gonna, what's the structure of every business that I send a quote to such an early stage of the relationship. You never know kind of how they're going to react. Uh, you know, we had, we had businesses that uh, went for a few thousand pound websites uh, or people that w- went for a few thousand pound websites and then ended up not doing anything including not giving us the content or the uh, or the stuff so they obviously couldn't see the value in their own business let mm. alone in the website that we're building for them sure sure so okay so that that's awesome transition right like <laughs> the, the the product that you have now is wp feedback right um and and dear listener vito has graciously shared with us a coupon if this is something of a need for you. Um, and to be honest with you, I think it's a great plugin um, that you Thank can you. use for your clients and be able to get that feedback, right? So um, find that in the show notes. I'll link it up for sure and you can go grab it. Um, so thank you for that, Vito. My pleasure. You said that you had a client that you struggled with to get feedback from essentially the content, whatever, you know, you're asking questions, they were maybe not responding or timely. Is WP feedback the back scratcher of that itch? Um, I, I would say that it's, um, it started from this and because as I was scaling and, you know, kind of a, a skip on this, but when, once, once I started, once the band kind of ended and I started the, growing my own agency, uh, within the first year, I already was in six figures, and uh, within the third year, I already had twelve guys on my team. Uh, so I grew really fast. And and when you grow, it's all about processes and systemizations. That's the name of the game. Um, because if you need other people to replicate the level of uh, work that you're doing or the or the amount of detail that needs to happen, you have to have processes and systems in place. And so um, as we were scaling and taking on more more and more projects. Um, we started, I started noticing that the, uh, the biggest uh, uh, stop to a project is just the client uh, giving up. 
you know, the client not giving the content, not approving the designs, wasting so much time on just back and forth with not giving us the, in, enough information to help him, you know, just by sending like three words in an email or, and expecting you to go through the entire website and figure out what's that about. Or alternatively sending like 50 emails for one request uh, with like uh, one image on each. You know, the, you know how mm-hmm. it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the plug, the, so as I was inspecting this, I saw that this is ruining my business. This is costing me a lot as the, as the team grew, this is what's costing me a lot of money every day of wasted the time that the guys need to chase clients, uh, that they're, they, they need to do that. This annoying back and forth managing massive spreadsheets with tasks and all of these kind of stuff. Um, really, really boring work, uh, very far from the creative work they wanted to do. Uh, and, uh, and I just thought that I need to figure out how to do it better. So the way that we did it is we just figured it out from the, we tried everything. We, you know, form <laughs> spreadsheets and, and project management systems. We, we worked with Envision app. We worked with, uh, uh, you know, we, whatever solution that was out there, whatever courses that were out there about the subject I bought and, you know, I, I really kind of uh, researched that, that subject. Uh, and, uh, and it all came down to, this, to the communications. So what I decided to do is flip the idea on its head. So because we're all digital people, it's really easy for us to think of things as a, um, in, in a digital way. So like for us, creating a digital process of someone needs to fill out a form to give us the content or to go into a third-party platform to input some stuff in there and manage tasks and, and learn new interfaces and all of these kind of things, you know, it kind of comes naturally to us. Um, but very far from the reality that most of our clients live in. Uh, and, you know, I, I like to say that when we're looking at the computer or the screen, we're seeing the design, we're seeing the colors, the branding, we're seeing code, we're seeing, uh, uh, you know, we're seeing the matrix. Right, and they right. just see a screen, <laughs> you know, that's it. Uh, so, uh, so I tried to flip the idea on its head and instead of overcomplicating the process to make it as simple as possible, because if the client is not going to do it, then it's not worth anything. Right. And so the best thing that worked for us in the agency, uh, well, it had some downsides, but the best thing to actually get a response from a client is to get them here, get them to sit next to you, point at the screen and tell you, change this, move that here. We need to say this here. We need to change that. But, you know, having the client next to you uh, also can easily uh, help them become the, uh, you know, the, the puppet master. Right. Uh, and you, then you're just like a mouse for hire, which we, which we don't want to be. Mm-hmm. So the, the challenge was how can we get to that same level of, of precision without the client sitting next to us? So that's what we did. We created a, a, like a post-it note system for a live website where the client can simply click any element on the website. Uh, on his computer, even on his phone, and it creates this little sticker uh, that stickers that are sprinkled throughout the site, where this each sticker is a task that is assigned to the specific div where the uh, where the comment was uh, created. Uh, you're getting a notification back to your email with that five word, you know that uh, that we we always used to get, mm-hmm. but only that now when we click on that link, you're being redirected to the exact location where the problem is. Even if it's a 10,000 page website, uh, it opens the thing and you reply. Uh, even, even with that, I tried to make it to the point where for us as an agency, it's as easy as clicking the reply button on the email. 
Mm. Uh, so you just, instead of clicking reply, you click the link and you reply in there, but you already got all of the information that you need. Yeah. Uh, it, it also collects the screen size, which browser. So, you know, if, if, uh, if you see that the browser is like an internet explorer from uh, four years ago, uh, you know, you need to fire the client. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, and that's, that's what I love about it is that, you know, what I've always struggled as a developer is, is much of what you said. And when I first saw your product there, I, I immediately thought of the commenting system in like Google docs, right? Like where yes. you can highlight it and, and click the little plus. But what's always frustrated me about that is when I do click on the notification email, it just brings me up the document. So now I got to go trace to figure out where that comment sits. Right. Um, exactly. But as a developer, I've always, I'm all, I, I even have a, a shortcut key for this question. What browser, what version and what OS? Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so for me to have that information, like I've used all those bug tracing tools and like, you know, fog bugs, like it completely all over the map. Same thing. Like you always trying to solve the problem yeah. and to get the, that information, because even still people are like, how do I find that information? Exactly. Like, how do I know what browser I am? You know, I'm like, Oh geez. Okay. So, um, I think it's super smart. It makes everything streamlined in a way that, that makes sense for the client. And that's what I love. Like, similarly, I had Basecamp. I used Asana. I used all these project management tools and I tried to push my clients to use them as well. They never want to. Right. Because for one, those things are very commonplace in our world, but it's yeah. not so much in their world. So for them to remember that the URL or the exactly. login or whatever it is to go use it, that's creating a hurdle. So instead I said, I use those project management tools. Uh, how can I make it such that my client who knows email, understands email, uh, can just send me an email and then I pipe that ticket into my project management tool. And then yeah. I do what I need to do and come back up the chain. And that's when I found help scout and some of these other ones out there that can do that. And I just changed my whole way of communicating with clients to make it easier for them. Right. And, yes. and I think that's super smart that you, you did that with the plugin. I, I totally agree. Like we're, we're using, we're still using teamwork as the project management system and the support desk. And even with this, like every task that comes in doesn't go into emails. It goes into the support desk. And with Zapier, it also creates a task within this, the client's project on our platform. So we can manage all of the clients uh, from one place on our side, but they don't see that. So to them, it's transparent. And that's the magic here because because as soon as you ask a client to go in, and you know what, this is even a, the, the, one of the craziest things that we're doing in the community. Like it's, it's, you're building a website for, the, for a client that pays you, uh, uh, should pay you good money for it, right? Mm -hmm. But then we never send them to the website. We always send them to everywhere else, like log in there, go in there, log, you know, uh, uh, send me an email from this platform, you know, comment on this thing. You never send them to the link uh, that they bought. Uh, so, uh, so uh, and that causes a lot of other problems. Like, for example, they become dependent on us on all of these small, annoying tasks, like uh, changing the, the title here and there or changing the text on the button, which they can do on their own uh, if they would feel comfortable using their own website. Mm -hmm. But also once they do feel comfortable using the site, what we're seeing is that 
it's kind of, once they get the value of it, it inspires them to invest more. So they would, they would come back and order, not change, not, not just change the color of the header, but uh, let's, let's add a booking system. Let's build a funnel. Let's do a client management area for my clients, you know, on my website. So it, it kind of inspires them to, uh, to expand the relationship in a more interesting way for us as developers and uh, website builders. Yeah, I think that's that's really smart. I mean, it's it's giving them, hey, here's the ecosystem that you bought from us. Use it, and then as you're using it, yeah, like you spark other ideas on how you can use it. So I think that's exactly. super smart. The so a lot of the listeners, uh, myself included, um, have thought about building software or building a SaaS or building a plugin of that nature, kind of transition or get another revenue stream into the business yeah. to help their services side. And maybe even, you know, as the holy grail of passive income, which I don't even, yeah. there's no <laughs> such thing, but uh, you know, the idea of passive income is appealing. Yeah. How did you, now that you have a product here that you're, you're, you're selling, how do you transition your mindset for pricing from the services, the high ticket pricing um, to a product that, you know, may not be, even though that there's tremendous, tremendous value. It's not the same price point. Nobody's yeah. going to pay $10,000 for that, right? So how, how did you transition your mindset there? So first of all, you, you, you hit the nail right on the head because it's all about the, the transitioning the mindset. That's the point. And, and I actually, I read a really interesting article about how to frame your clients as to how you can get to 100 million uh, recurring revenue per year, right? So, so the way that they structured it is they called each bracket or each level of client in different kind of animal size. So you can go after the mice or you can go after the rabbits. The mice will only pay like 10 or $15 a year. The rabbits will pay you like 100 to $150 a year. That's pretty much the bracket that I'm working with. Then you have the, uh, the um, uh, I don't know, raccoons, like a bigger animal, <laughs> right. until, you get to the, until you get to the whales, where you get like a one client for, uh, you get 100 clients for uh, $1 million each mm. uh, to get to the 100 million uh, recurring revenue. So that's, the, um, uh, so that's the first thing, just realizing that you're, now talking to a different segment of the market. Uh, and, and to me, uh, what I really liked about this is that with high ticket uh, uh, clients, there comes a lot of responsibility, you know? So, and, and responsibility to me means my time. You know, it means that I need to invest my personal time talking to clients. Uh, even after this call, I have a call with the client. I don't even want to see them at, by this point. You know, I just <laughs> want to do the product, but, uh, but I still, I still have the agency stuff uh, uh, running. Um, so, but because they're paying a few thousand pounds every month, they deserve my time. They deserve my attention. Uh, so that was the kind of the biggest thing for me. I wanted to move away from, uh, uh, from this huge responsibility of people calling in the, uh, uh, getting in touch, stressed in the, at night and, and holding against you that they're paying you 5,000 a month right. uh, just because the, I don't know what the, uh, the, the footer link is, uh, is missing. <laughs> uh, so, um, so, so that's kind of the, the mindset that, that I needed to, to figure out then. Uh, what I did is I started with the, with the big number. And I think that's the, that's the power of it because with, with the agency, I worked the same. Uh, for the first year, 
I put myself, I put a goal for myself. I want to get to six figures this year. And uh, for the second year, I had the same thing. And for the third year, I had the same thing. And so here I just looked at the, the big number. What do I want to make this year? And then I tried to break it down as to uh, how many clients can I serve to uh, get to this goal uh, and still be sustainable. Uh, and, uh, and based on that, create the kind of uh, pricing around this. And to be honest, something that was really interesting, um, I came up with, with, uh, with a pricing structure for the product. And you remember at the beginning, I told you that I called up a few agencies to ask how much uh, they're charging. Mm -hmm. So here I did kind of the same thing. I had my beta group, which I kind of opened. I, I just splashed on a landing page describing the idea. I shared it with some, uh, uh, face, uh, some Facebook groups, you know, WordPress Facebook groups. And I got a thousand people signing up in, uh, in 30 days. Uh, just telling me about uh, uh, just wanting to use the product that the concept just appealed to them. And so I took the first hundred and I made them the better users. I gave them the plugin for free and I asked them, how much are you going to, uh, how much are you willing to pay for something like this? Mm. And it was four times more than I priced it. <laughs> That's it was crazy. Hold let, let me, let me stop you there. Right. So <laughs> one, you found the core customer that was going to, and you presented the idea. You didn't go ahead and build that out. And then- We already had an MVP, but it was very, very basic. Just the concept of sticking those stickers so they see the right, potential. Right, and then you grabbed the group of those people, gave them the actual MVP product, and then asked them, how much would you pay for this? So you didn't yeah. assume a price. I flipped it. <laughs> and had you assumed that price, right? You would have made four times less per customer than had you done it, had you done it any other way, right? So I think that's so smart because one thing I always try to instill in my coaching clients in, into when I'm talking with other developers and designers is talk to your customer. Talk exactly. to your client, understand what they're thinking, understand what they value. Uh, once you do that, then you're, you have the privilege to put a price tag on what it is that you're giving them. And I think that was well done. I, uh, congratulations on that process alone. I mean, I think that that, even if just there's one takeaway in this whole thing <laughs> is that talk to your customer. So I, yeah. I apologize for stopping, stopping you, interrupting you, but I, I really wanted to call that out because I think that that was super important. So I agree. It was a shock to me, you know, just seeing that and, uh, and, and getting that this, because, you know, the plugin is called WP Feedback. So just from day one, I, I decided that that's going to be the, the main value. Let's just talk to people, ask them what, uh, I have the idea, you know, but I didn't want to be, a, a, you know, I, I, I like to say that I love the product, but I'm not in love with it, you know. So if they need something about this and if they need a new feature or, uh, or a few people are going to ask me for something specific, I'm just going to go ahead and build it, you know. And this is a, this is a great advantage that, uh, that we all have, you know, within our community uh, because we were working with clients that actually came up with ideas and told and basically uh, directed us to, um, to their solution, to their desired solution. Uh, you know, when you're building a website, when you're building web applications and, on, and so on, uh, you're basically doing the same thing that I've done every month, three times, five times, 15 times a month. 
so so you we're all already doing this we are all creating products on a monthly basis every month uh, it's just that after we're done we just give it away which is and now looking back thinking about it maybe it's kind of crazy <laughs> right yeah yeah no i yeah i think that's well said for sure um you know i think for one, I love it. I love the fact that you found the audience first um, and then presented the idea to the audience. Um, and to, you know, like, as you said, like it's, I mean, you said it at the top, pricing is a mindset, right? And if yeah. you believe that it's worth something, um, go ahead and ask for it, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I believed it was worth a quarter of what other people believed it was worth. Right. And but, when they told me, now I believe that this is what it's worth. And that's right. Why. Because they validated higher value than what you thought initially. Right. And so that's where that you flipped it on its head. Right. But like we talked about those clients that you have on the services side that don't see the value in a $7,000 website. Right. Yeah. And they go away. But then when you present a valuable thing to them that you think, let's just say, you know, you think it's $1, but they're willing to pay $4 for it. Right. Okay. Then you didn't, paint yourself into a corner at that point. Like you're, you asked them. And I think that that's super valuable. I mean, uh, you know, I've experimented a little bit on the services side in the, much in the same way. Um, when I've tried other services to try to like carve out products out of the services, um, and say, Hey, if I was to be able to do X, Y, and Z for you, what would you pay for that? Right. And so, yeah, as casual as that, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I think it's, you know, it's a, Again, it's that confidence, it's that mindset to go ahead and ask that. But I think a lot of people do struggle with that. But, uh, yes. you know, hearing your story, I mean, obviously, I hope hope you listeners are inspired by that because, you know, hey, if you don't ask, you don't get, right? And, exactly. And so go ahead and ask for what you think you, you're valued. And just because one person says no, it doesn't mean the next person's not going to say yes. And so um, I think that that's super smart. And it's actually, I think that a no is, is good. You know, and getting a no is essential uh, for getting a proper yes. Uh, because uh, every no is a, is a potential for learning and getting that feedback. And also, not everyone needs to be your client. And this is something that took me a long time to realize, you know, it, that uh, it's actually better to get to say that I would say no to clients <laughs> than, for, than me approaching small-time clients trying to sell them something that is, beyond what they can comprehend. So if I, if I see that type of customer coming, coming our way, and to be honest, even with the plugin, you know, I get people that, uh, that uh, come in and, uh, and say like, why is it so expensive? I have a logical kind of breakdown because we're seeing uh, I, after, after the, uh, pricing it, we, uh, we check how much time it's saving. So we kind of calculated it. Uh, to, we're, we're saving three hours a week, every week uh, within my agency, just per team member. Uh, which comes down to $980 a month saved just by using this solution. Mm -hmm. So then who cares about 70 or whatever? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Dude, I should bring you in for a a pricing (laughs) workshop (laughs) into the community because that's what I tell you all the time. All you have to do is figure out what is important to them and then price anchor to that. 
right? Like if you're saving time, cause that's what I was thinking immediately. Like all the back and forth in the emails and all that other stuff, yeah. like, you know, it, and it's the it's, worst amount of like, it's the absolutely. worst use of your time, you know, because it ties you to your inbox for several hours yeah. just to correspond back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And that's time that you're not doing coding. You're not doing designing. You're not doing actual progression on the project and yes, uh, or building perfect. a business. Yeah, for oh, sure. Awesome. It's, so before I want to be mindful of our time here, and I know you yes. have a client call. So uh, before I let you go, what's up next in the next six to 12 months? And so the, the plan is to stop client work altogether and focus solely on the plugin. That's the, that's the game for me to reach the next level. Uh, the way I see it with this solution, uh, it can easily become a standard of how we are going to be uh, uh, managing our client communications. Um, you know, if we're looking back, because I've been in the WordPress ecosystem since 2008. So I've seen the transitions. I've seen the stuff kind of move, move along from the most basic, basic themes to, to page builders, custom post types, and all of these things that just, uh, just uh, seem as a given nowadays. But a few years back, uh, it was only a dream. Mm-hmm. Or oh, you would hire a, a developer for, for thousands to do. Uh, so, uh, so that's how, that's my vision for this. Uh, there's a bunch of new kind of, uh, uh, features coming up, coming out. Um, right now we're in an expedited, uh, um, release kind of a process where we're releasing an update every Friday. Today we're releasing another update and next Friday, another one and next, next Friday after that, another one. Uh, all of the stuff that we're building is based on client requests. I stopped thinking of ideas. Uh, so we have a public roadmap and, and the clients tell me what they want. Uh, they upvote it up there and whatever reaches the top gets on the development queue. And, uh, uh, and yeah, so it's, it, the, the, to be honest, in terms of where the plugin will go is out of my hands. <laughs> As you said, the <laughs> plugin is the name of the, the customer, right? It's whatever they want. Whatever the yeah. feedback they it's provide. For them. It's right. for them, basically, you know. If they use it and their clients use it, then I'm golden. You know, I'm, I'm not going I'm, to, I'm, I am going to kind of uh, think about it because a lot of us don't have that uh, um, clarity, let's say. You know, I don't know if I, if I do, but I like to believe I do uh, in terms of uh, what the client will do and will not do. Uh, so I'm just taking in all of my experience and trying to make that, uh, make an educated decision of taking their ideas and crafting a solution out of it that will work both for them and for the client uh, and for, for us and the, uh, uh, you know, at the company. Awesome. Well, that, that's, first of all, congrats on the plugin. Congrats on the journey. Um, I'm definitely going to go check out the music. For yeah. sure. <laughs> um, Vito, uh, where can people reach out and say thanks? So we have a Facebook group. It's called the uh, WP Feedback Community. Uh, that's a great way to, um, to start. And uh, you can uh, also go to the website, wpfeedback.co. Uh, and I, I believe there's going to be a link here uh, below. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, as you know, but, but I'm also kind of super active on, uh, on Twitter. And uh, we have our Instagram channel. Uh, on LinkedIn, I have like 4,000 uh, uh, connections, they're all WordPress professionals uh, that, that a lot of time reach out to me and ask me questions and I'm always happy to help. Uh, so I think that's, yeah, I would say that if you want to reach me directly, LinkedIn is the best channel. Um, but to check out the plugin, wpfeedback.co. Awesome. And uh, I'll certainly link up all of those in the show notes and as well as the coupon that Vito has graciously shared with us as well. Um, thanks, Vito, for your time. I appreciate it. My pleasure, definitely. 
And for you listening, until next time, it's your time to live in the feast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I could speak for both Vito and myself by saying that we'd love to hear the one takeaway you got from today's episode. It's super simple. In the podcast app of your choice, presumably it's the one you are listening to right now, drop that in a comment or a review, or go ahead and share it in a tweet and tag at res. That's with three Z's. And I'll be happy to pass that along to Vito. Don't forget to also hit that subscribe button so that you'll be the first to listen next week when we'll be back with Hillary Weiss, a consultant and copywriter, talking about how to make a statement with who you are and how your personality can affect your pricing. Until then, it's your time to live in the feast. Mm -hmm.